Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts, Maggie Mutesi and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Hello there and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Beat where we talk about financing for women-led businesses and whether it's actually the missing link in Africa's growth and development path, but also we link it to attaining SDGs and if closing this gender gap actually gives us a chance to get back on track in achieving sustainable development goals. I am speaking to Ms. Meseret Wana, who is the founder and managing director for Ignite Investment Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. I read somewhere that it's very hard for women to raise money. Oh, actually, you know, um, I was saying to, to a friend of mine earlier that for the first time in Africa, we raised uh, over $5 billion on venture capital. That's the good news. Uh, end of 2021. And um, that's still like less than 2% of the global venture capital, yes. but for the first time. But in that, women was less than 2% in that 5 billion. It is just very discouraging when you see those statistics. Uh, $42 billion financing gap between men and women, purely the men business and women business entrepreneurs have just purely 42 billion gap. Even Africa having that challenge for capital, for women is that much challenging. It brings me to ask you one question, honest question, actually. When When you see the steps we've taken and those we've taken back, do you think we haven't moved at all? <laughs> I don't know if I want to say that, honestly. Uh, the honest answer is, yes, it's challenging, but also we've made some progress, honestly um, speaking. There are um, encouraging signs that you see. You know, uh, I mentioned yesterday the women entrepreneur that we are helping to raise half a million dollars for her business. She's doing solar distribution. She's doing it on her own. You know, um, 40% of Ethiopians are off-grid. So she's going to the countryside and distributing solar energy, giving access to young kids to do their homework and, and also small country people who, who need access to the resources. So when you see that type of progress, you know, it is good. Um, on top of that, I think, Even getting the platform, you know, talking to you today or getting um, to speak yesterday to the development finance people saying that having that conversation and saying this is the challenge you should come in is also progress right before no one even talks about it we we just say okay the challenge is there we move on you know um and there are amazing women in the continent Mm. Uh, Thelma for example in Nigeria who is doing (coughs) private equity by women for women 
you know, that, that she has raised, I think, millions of dollars purely to invest in on women SMEs in the startups. They call them, I think, SME NG, SME Nigeria, it means, and that they're doing amazing things. At least we stick around and, and uh, you know, um, you know it, it is difficult to do the sacrifice, but mm. I, I think if we don't all try, then the next generation is going to experience the same thing that we are experiencing. I, I personally, for example, I have so much network. I know a lot of people, but I still do not have access now, to Now, that is what I want to <laughs> tap into, you know. As you were mentioning it, yeah. I was thinking, you know, finance is there. We can't yeah. access it. But do we have to find innovative ways to access it? Um, one of the things that we, we did develop with Ignite Investment, uh, this equity crowdfunding platform where um, the diaspora can be a small ticket investor so that we are bridging this financing gap that we see because they think, $80 billion is coming to the content <laughs> every single year as a remittances, you know? So how do we mobilize that capital in mm. financing those businesses? So that it's not just domestic money because most of the diaspora money is sent back for consumption. Exactly. It's not for investment. Exactly. Or you buy me a house or yeah. plot of land, yeah, yeah. real estate. Yeah. But it's not really invested like even in, in productive bonds, sectors. You know, productive sectors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And some of it will continue, right? Mm-hmm. I used to be a diaspora myself. You send it to your mom and brothers to, to or sisters to, you know, for education or health care. Those things will continue. But there is also a ton of the money that's not going anywhere, you know, that's being wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, what do they say, you know, in Africa and everywhere else? Um, you don't give a fish uh, all the time. You show them how to fish, right? So how do that money goes to productive sector of the economy mm-hmm. so that it's enabling your business, my business, Absolutely. other business. Absolutely. So, you know, they scale up their businesses and get access to finance and create the jobs. And then they don't ask them anymore, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and they make money profit yeah. in a return as investment. So the resource is there. Like you said, it's a matter of accessing it and and we are creating that type of um, seamless and convenient and trustworthy way for the diaspora to say, okay, I can invest in this, I can invest in that, and and enable these companies, you know. Um, and going back to what you just said, also we need to have our value as well as a woman, you know. I I talk about this, I don't have a problem about that, but it comes to me. I am like anybody else. I'm like anybody, woman, you know. um, We started this equity crowdfunding just recently, uh, moving away from a traditional investment advisory. And um, I'm discussing with an investor for equity investment in the company. And I was talking to a man advisory board in hours. And then I was telling him, look, they ask me, they are interested in investing. They think it's innovative solution. They love it. But what they said is we invest in 1.5 or 2 million uh, and you are early stage. And, and he's like, yeah, you can take 2 million. You can tell them that you can invest it in this <laughs> on hiring it. I thought that was too much for us. <laughs> so we do create that obstacle, yes. you know. We we, we don't think Unconsciously, <laughs> because it's, we've been shaped that exactly. way. Exactly. 
and it's very inspiring to see <laughs> like uh, the strides you've set in uh, <laughs> okay. the investment business space. I mean, what are those defining moments <laughs> that really shape um, a lot of things for women in business and yeah. probably investment? Um, mm-hmm. Are there those you would share with us? Yeah, absolutely. I think some of them is um, once you start a business, you are thinking of what's my next step, you know, always. And being in the investment space is also meeting other women. Mm. You know, you kind of feel like responsible um, when we meet these startups and, and we see their business model is amazing, but then they are not making strides. They are not scaling up. They are not doing things. And like you said, the men businesses get investment and you say, well, how do we help that? Even though that's not a paying um, sometimes or challenging and, and expense creating business opportunity and you say, okay, how do we help them? And then one of the things we did was in trying to make um, invest- women investment opportunities attractive because money usually goes to money and mm. investors are always <laughs> seeking for profit, right? It doesn't matter women or men, mm. they do seek for profit, even though there is that structural problem and, and social norm saying, oh, women business is not profitable. Uh, women are not a risk taker, so they don't produce profit for us. These are some of the structural problems why we don't get the investment That's that the yes. men get. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But I mean, those are some of the things we hear why they do not invest on women, right? Mm. So we try to address those things by making them not just attractive, investable companies, but also making them even better than the men so that Mm. they do attract that. But I think most importantly is even ourselves, what you said. Uh, We need to have the confidence in to say, okay, I can go out and get money. As long as you do have a very good business model that can make money to, for some investors, honestly speaking, they will come. But mm. I think because we see those obstacles and we shy away from it. Absolutely. Because you are like, okay, why am I doing this? If I keep on get shut down, you're going to get like 200 no before you get the first no. <laughs> yes, you know? Help me understand what the role the private sectors, especially women private companies, mm-hmm. like how do we um, help like uh, countries fast track, for example, mm-hmm. you know, some of these SDGs that have been said, obviously they mm-hmm. can be achieved yeah. all, but at least get back to the track to, right. you know, be able to achieve some of those. It is true. Development finance is always talking about finance, mm. always, always talking about finance, finance, finance. But I think some of it is honestly is fixing the structural challenges that we face to get finance. You know, you can't you can't address the symptoms if you do not address the root cause of problems. Right. So to me, it's yes, finance is an issue, but. There are other issues that make businesses successful. You know, uh, even when we meet businesses sometimes, they probably don't need finance to grow their businesses sometimes. It's just understanding what they are doing. So 
government, for example, they need to build in a bullying environment. So Ethiopia, where I am from, there is so much a regulatory hurdle. It is so suffocating for businesses, you know, that uh, using AFCFTA, how do you export to other African countries? Mm-hmm. They haven't even ratified for duty-free. <laughs> you need to fix the infrastructure first, you know, has nothing to do with money. That's one of the things you, you mentioned <laughs> to me yesterday at the panel. It was like, it's not that the private sector is not winning, but it's like it's... Um, frustrated exactly. with policy exactly. it's frustrated yeah. with support that is exactly. getting to uh shall we delve deeper into that because <laughs> I, I found sure. that really yeah. interesting i think all the time we talk about how do we get the private sector really involved yeah. or how do we get them to understand um mm. some of these projects and earlier on i had somebody who said to me the role of the private sector is not in development but it's for the private sector to keep doing what they do private sector is is in the business of making money for their investors for yourself for supporting your family that's your business right that's the reason you started. So you're not going to go out and build infrastructure. That's the government's responsibility. That's where development finance can come in and partner with governments in building telcos, you know, or bridges to, mm. to ship your product to other African countries or outside to export products. Business environment, for God's sake. You know, in Ethiopia, it's, it's, it's one of the challenging is is the ease of doing business. Taxation is huge, no incentive. So if you make, you know, 10% profit, which God forbid the first few years, you cannot make that. Mm-hmm. They want to take all that away. So <laughs> there's no incentive. So that, those things are so discouraging. In many countries, if a startup is not making money until they get into good footing, they get incentivized. So all those things are, has nothing to do access to finance. So there are many, many enabling environments that we need to fix mm. instead of just finance, finance, finance. That's what I meant, like pushing, right? Um, it's not that I do not understand <laughs> access to finance. Yeah. Finance is a major, you know, Play, obstacle. Yeah, but there's yeah. going to be some bit of foundation that exactly. really supports that. The basic yeah. foundation. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm going to wind up with this <laughs> in a minute. We've been here talking about a lot of things <laughs> but at the end of the day we've uh, we're looking at how to achieve sdgs yeah what do you think is really very crucial for africa now to focus on uh to be able to uplift its people i think i'm biased um in a sense i am uh, a tech person with investment background so to me is i think uh digital innovation and infrastructure building the digital infrastructure is key um if anything covid taught us combined with uh you know what happened in the war in ukraine is that Africa needs to be uh, self-sufficient. And I think one of the ways most African young did was innovate digitally Mm. and solve all these huge challenges. Mm. Um, As I mentioned earlier, I think Flutter Wave out of Nigeria, for example, it became a most valuable company in the world. Uh, in Africa, I mean, um, and, and I think it's $3 billion value the company and, and raised multi-million, I think $150 million even just last year, is that 
they did digital innovation, payment processing. And it is not only Africa leapfrogged from like trying to get landline to just directly to mobile, but also now the unbank just jumped into mobile money. And M-Pesa. Safaricom. Yeah, Safaricom and M-Pesa, 89% adoption. I cannot live without M-Pesa. Exactly. I'm one of those people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I'm it serious. I haven't used banks in a long time exactly. transacting in East yeah. Africa. And most Africans who are waiting for a bank account living in a countryside, I think Africa, 80% still lives in countryside. We're waiting for bank account and now they don't even bother with it. They've just moved it to M-Pesa. So 89% as I mentioned. That just shows you how much innovation actually transforms people's life overnight, you know. Um, so I think focusing solutions like that. Um, so the digital transformation for the continent is the biggest impact to me, the way I look at it, whether it's Twiga Foods, Mbessa, Jumia, and others that have multi-million impact on millions of Africans. So if we do finance innovations like that, combine that kind of digital innovation, combined with financing, I think that's a major focus that should be there. There's a thanks a lot for yeah. having the tent today. I mean, that was fantastic. It's really great thank to you. have you. And <laughs> for all, we've learned a lot. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yes, we, learn, we all learn everything. Yeah. <laughs> Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts, Maggie Mutesi and Dumi Jerry, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa.